The following content is not suitable for children. George, you are a master at communication and communication techniques. I love what you did in Success and Vulnerability, Module 5. And I want you to bring what you've done there to us because I think we all need to get this about how we communicate and how we can get better at it so that we can reach the hearts of our partners. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Well, thank you, Lori, for the compliment. I think if you had a video camera in my house, nobody would be calling me a master of communication. <laughs> but hey, it sounds good. We it's all a lot struggle. Easier. We all struggle. It's a lot easier to give other people advice on what it should look like. You know? Absolutely. It's a lot harder to, to follow that advice. Well, let's start. Well, it is good to just start off with what is, if I'm talking with a couple, I'm trying to get them to realize what is the goal? What is the target? Like, if one person initiates a conversation, they're looking for something. Yes. Ideally, the other partner keeps their focus on the person to explore what are they looking for. So often what happens, one person initiates, the other gets triggered by what's brought up. Then they want to talk about what's going on for them. And the other person feels interrupted. And before you know it, neither person's listening to either person. So that's what I call clean transitions. Like, what is the goal of this conversation? If, Lori, you want to bring something up, the goal should be to focus on Lori. If something comes up for me during that conversation, I might want to bring that up at another point, an hour later or the next day. But you can't have a simultaneous sharing because it just becomes too triggering. That's right. Simultaneous right. only works in sex, not in conversation. <laughs> so we want to set it up. Bridging exercises is uh, Harvel Hendricks, a Mago therapist, came up with this decades ago, but it, it's really trying to help couples keep their focus. Okay. So this so, is the first thing we're going to teach people, the bridging yes, exercise. Got bridging it. exercise. Okay. So you got to decide who is the person that wants to share, that has something they want to talk about. So in this case, it's you, Lori, you want to talk about, you know, your frustrations or what it's like to be rejected when, you know, you want to engage sexually and your partner doesn't seem to want to have sex as much as you. Most okay. common thing couples fight over. Right. Right. So you bring it up. Just the very fact of you saying, George, I want to talk, my body would be like, oh, like, here we go again. I'll get waiting to get the criticism. Right. And when my brain is in that place of waiting for criticism, I can't really be empathetic or understand or explore your world. So the idea of a bridging exercise is to get me very intentional, to imagine myself in a safe place. I might be at the beach somewhere, kind of laying down, relaxing. The whole idea is that I, I, I don't, don't want to get defensive. This really isn't about me. If I could imagine going over a bridge, leaving my place, myself in a safe place where I don't have to defend, I don't have to make it about me, I can get to all of that stuff. But for the next 10, 15 minutes, it's really about being curious and being open. I'm literally intentionally trying to get my brain in what we talked about in other episodes in that green zone where I'm feeling safe and responsive and open and curious and playful, all that good stuff, right? A yellow brain that's going to get defensive 
active, fight or flight response, not going to be so helpful. So this is really trying to train people, come to your partner with a green brain. And when it feels like you're ready, you're nice and grounded. I close my eyes. I imagine the waves. I can listen to the seagulls flying by. I can feel the sand. My body chills out. When I feel like I'm ready, then I say, all right, Laurie, can I cross over the bridge? Because now my goal is to focus on your world and walk in your shoes and feel what you feel. Hmm. When I bring up something in a conversation, I, I just, this got to be technical for me. I would say to my partner, hey, I got something to talk about. And you say, let me get in a good place first. Or how, how do you do yeah, that? You might say, I got something to talk about. Can we do a bridging exercise? You're inviting me to kind of keep the focus here. On me. On you. Okay. How nice would that be? That would be great. That'd be awesome. And again, couples got to take turns with bridges. It's just not one person gets a bridge all the time. It's like, all right, you got your bridge. And now maybe the next day, I want to bring up something too that now I need you to cross over. But the, being intentional and saying, I'm going to cross this bridge, leave myself in a safe place and keep my focus on you. And if you can't do that, you wave your hand and say, sorry, I'm getting a bit triggered. Let me slow down. You can always go back, you know, ground yourself and come back over that bridge. Okay. Right? You might want to write some things down, things you want to talk about at another point, but you can't talk about those things simultaneously and expect to have success. Okay. But now I'm just like thinking of my husband lying on the beach, shirtless, you know, tan. <laughs> this is not helping. Okay. you. Right, so maybe you your husband needs to go like put him in church or the synagogue <laughs> or the mosque or, you know, what, what's a place that he not doesn't church. really need to defend himself. Okay. No, he... He, he would be at the pool. He's a swimmer. He's a great swimmer. So he would choose to be at the pool. I was just kidding around. Well, it's interesting when I ask couples to do this exercise, a lot of them can't even come up with a safe place. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about so that. True. If you can't come up with a place where you could just be grounded, where your body can just relax, where you just feel like you don't have to make it about you. Yeah. So some people, it's hiking, it's going to the mountains, it's church, it's the beach, it could be your reclining chair, it could be in bed. It's, there's no right or wrong, but just allow yourself to feel you don't have to defend yourself. Keep we it. all should come up with a safe place. What's your safe place, G? Is it the beach? No. No? My safe place would probably be in the, in the woods. Huh, I look woods. at my house. Some days I've, I got too much going on. I got woods right behind my house and I just fantasize about just walking up there and just staying there for a couple of days. <laughs> you do have a beautiful backyard. Absolutely. Yep. What's your favorite place? Safe place? My safe place would be the mountains. Mm. Uh, I love the mountains. Yeah. I, I mean, I think certainly the smell of the woods and hiking and but seeing the vistas, there's just something that has always been really special about being in the mountains to me. So definitely yeah. the mountains. And you could just hear it in your voice as your body starts to relax. Right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we're talking about. Put yourself in the mountains. You're part of something bigger. You kind of let go of your stresses and making it about you. Your body just chills. Okay. So now we're going to role play. But this guy that I'm role playing with, he's at the beach. Is that it? No, you are going to role play you. You're just going to talk about your frustrations of being rejected. I'm the guy that has to now be at the beach. Okay. But we probably should talk about some of the tools that once you cross a bridge, it's not enough that you say, all right, Lori, go. You kind of kind of know some things that you can do that kind of come alongside Lori in a way that that is successful. 
So okay, why don't so, we, you want to talk about the basic interventions, just name them, and then we'll... Okay. So yeah, we're going to talk about reflection, validation, and conjecture. Big words, big fancy words. So what's a reflection, George? A reflection is just an ability to repeat what you're hearing. And most people don't recognize the power. Most of us only listen for about five seconds before we're replying and kind of thinking about what we need to say. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of say, Lori, I hear you saying when I walk away, it makes you feel really bad, right? It's a gift to just allow that person to sit with their experience a little bit longer. That's how people go deeper. Reflection is just not repeating. It's a revelation for most of us. We're starving to be heard. So this mm. reflecting what you're hearing is is can be so powerful. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times partners, we're not good at reflecting. Mm -mm. Right? So we really want you to think about how often do you just sit. And reflection also allows the partner to feel more of, of what they're hearing. So when I say to you, Lori, when I walk away, I can hear you saying that makes you feel bad. My body starts to take it on as I start to reflect. Mm -hmm. It's how we start to come closer together and join in the same experience. And as you say it, the reflection has a little heart. It's not just parroting back my words to me. It's there's there's heart in it that I feel when you say it that way. Yes, because again, I'm, I'm listening to your words and I'm allowing those words to impact me. It's just not I'm mirroring perfectly the words. It's about the spirit of the words, right? That's what I'm allowing to fall over me. Yeah, beautiful. And then we're going to do validation, teach about that. Can you give us just a one-liner about that? And then we'll, or should we come back and let's come back. And okay. That. We're coming back and we're going to validate when we come back. So for all you therapists out there listening to our show, I really want you to check out successinvulnerability.com, our new training website that we believe is taking online therapist training to the next level. It's so focused on moment-by-moment, moment, practical moves, less theory, to really get people to have immediate success. Right? We're trying to measure targets of change so we can see if we're on target or we need to adjust. And the feedback we're getting is really excited. We're incorporating that feedback to continually adjust and to change the schedule. And come join us, SIV team. Also, I'll just put a plug in for it as well, because I am one of the learners. This kind of instruction just is not out there. How to do the micro moves that change people's hearts toward each other. It's so good. So it's reasonably priced. I just encourage you to go over to successandvulnerability.com and sign up. It's great training. All right, Lori, so we got these powerful reflections. Another one is what we call an evocative response, which is really basically a question. You're mm -hmm. asking for more. And questions could be great depending on how they land. So whenever we ask a question, if the person hearing the question sees it as an invitation to expand and to go deeper, it's great. But a lot of times people hear a question as an accusation that they're doing something wrong and then it's not so great. So it's really how your questions land. If I say, Lori, can you tell me a little bit more about feeling bad? And you're like, you see me trying and that works for you. It's a great intervention. 
but sometimes it might land in a way that your brain thinks, well, what do you, you should know this already. I mean, how many times have I talked about how bad it feels? Like, that's a silly question. So now the, the person gets defensive when I ask the question. Exactly. We, we didn't, maybe it wasn't soft enough, evocative enough, or we just, they're not in the, in the space to receive that. Exactly. So then and again, and they, so if the question doesn't work, it's what we call bit misattuned, then we want to repair and say, you, you know, I'm sorry for that question, Laurie, because, you know, yes, you have talked about this so many times and I was disengaged. I wasn't really listening and now I am. So now we're going to go into another intervention, which is validation, which is probably my favorite intervention. Mm -hmm. Validation is more than just reflecting or asking questions. But it's actually telling somebody kind of it makes sense that anybody would feel this way. Mm -hmm. It's it is it's it's responsiveness, which is often the missing ingredient in conversations. Mm -hmm. So if you say, I feel so bad when you walk away and I'm saying, of course, you'd feel that way. Right. When you want to connect and not only am I not coming closer, but I'm going farther away. That would feel so bad. Mm -hmm. I hear you. That ability to hear you, to say you make sense, that that's the stuff that really starts to bridge the distance in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So this is George geeking out because, I mean, I think a lot of people don't know these terms, but let's just really quickly, reflection is saying it back to the person mm -hmm. with heart. And then there are evocative responses. We're trying to evoke in somebody more information. So we're, yep. we're trying to pull out of them something that would further explain their state of mind and their, their worry, troubles, whatever it is they're bringing to us. We, we just say, okay, tell us more, essentially. And then there's validation, which is something that we, is so hard to give to our partners, you know, because we're telling them it makes sense that they would feel this way when we do X, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why it's hard to give it to our partners because we are often the cause of the reason they feel the, a particular way. So it's, this is the most difficult one, but also the one that feels the best. Yes. We're mostly deprived of validation. So if you could just put that in the back of your mind, like this is the one that's probably the most needed in the relationship. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one would be what we call a conjecture. A conjecture is adding words. So it's not just asking a question. Can you tell me more about feeling bad, Laurie? A conjecture says, wow, that must be so hard. That must make you feel, you know, alone. You didn't say these words, but I'm just walking in your shoes and feeling what anybody would feel in these places. But for the person that you're trying to understand, so often they appreciate your attempt to feel into their experience. Because we're using, again, our own emotions, our own imagination to walk in their shoes, right? And, right. and give them a little bit more, make it safe for them to talk further about their experience. So why don't you, I'm crossing over the bridge okay? and you're going to talk about how hard it is to not have sex as much as you'd like. And you're going to just see me use those four interventions and maybe I'll use it and I'll just name it just to give our listeners a chance to understand kind of what it would look like in action. Okay. So Lori, can I cross the bridge? Please come over to my world, cross the bridge. Well, thank you for letting me that I'm here. Mm-hmm.
So can you tell me just a little bit more about what you want to talk about? Well, I want to talk about response. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, Well, I'm nervous talking to you about this, but I want to talk about what happens for me when I try to initiate sex and you're not up for it or you're not interested in it. Okay. So I hear you saying you really want to talk. You're nervous, but you want to talk about what comes up for you when you want to have sex. And it seems like I don't want to have sex. Right. Okay. You know, um, if I ask you and sometimes it's like you, you might act a little bit interested, but then it's like gone away by the evening and then we don't ever talk about it again. Or if I bring it up and you're kind of just sitting down to watch television or something. I, I mean, it just, it's like, it's like our worlds are not connecting. I mean, I just feel like, what does he not remember that I wanted to have sex? Does he like, especially if I brought it up a second time, I, I just, I don't know. It's like I'm disconnected. So again, correct me if I'm wrong, what I hear you saying it seems like we're having conversations and I'm interested and it might be kind of heading in a, in a direction. Then all of a sudden we're kind of disconnected and nothing happens. So quick pause. When the, you are the person sharing, it is helpful to just try to keep the conversation to a couple sentences and let your partner kind of give back to make sure that they're getting it. If we go into long paragraphs, it's harder for that person to kind of capture the essence so you feel like you're understood. Yes. Was that a long paragraph just out of curiosity? Um, it, it was more than like two sentences. It's harder to hold on to when it starts bringing in other things. So I, I felt I, yeah, I started getting lost at the end. And if you notice yourself getting lost as the person trying to reflect back, put up your hand and just say, hold on a second. Because you really do, it's important what you're hearing. And you want the person sharing to feel understood, right? And again, if there's too many elements that they're being talked about, which a lot of times, it, it, there's just a lot that starts to come up. It's harder to then kind of stay engaged and make it feel like you're getting there, what they're sharing. It's interesting to me, just a little aside, but... I often say pursuers talk in pages and Mm -hmm. withdrawers talk in bullet points. Right. And you shared so many important things. You you talked about a longing that wanted something, the surprise when it didn't seem like I was there, the you know, the pain of the disconnection when you want something you don't get. It's just a lot there. I did. Right. right. And that's so we want to be able to kind of stay in short pieces so that person could feel heard. Okay. So now, so again, that's me reflecting. Now I might validate. I might say something. Wow, Lori, that must be really, I think that would be difficult for anybody when you want something so good and then you just don't get it. And then we don't even talk about why you're not getting it. You're left alone. It just makes sense of it. Yeah, because I, once I feel that separateness, you know, I don't want to ask you about what you're feeling, if you want sex, I it's just like it's disappeared in you. And so I, I don't, I don't know what to do. And, right. and I don't dare do anything. I don't dare ask right. again. Well, it sounds like now here's a conjecture that it's already pretty unfair that I'm not engaging. And then you don't want to have to do more work and have to bring it up and talk about it. 
It's like, well, I'm not, I don't even want to dare do that because that's probably going to lead to a fight. So not only do you not get what you want, but now you're put in this really difficult situation. Right. Or I tell myself, you didn't want to do it. And that's why it's kind of gone away. You've, you've gone away. So the truth of it is you didn't want to do it. So, so right. you know, if you don't want to do it, that doesn't seem like fun. All right. So let's come back and follow up on you didn't want to do it. Hey, I just want to take a minute to thank our Patreon supporters. I am very grateful for what you've done, and we'd love to invite the rest of you in on our mission. Your support means more than you realize, and it keeps this project moving forward, and we're really hoping to reach greater heights. Find a link on foreplayradiosextherapy.com or foreplayrst.com, and we are so thankful for your support. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress on an issue that you've been stuck in. Maybe it's a sexual issue or a relationship issue. People will fly in maybe on a Friday and we'll do three hours usually, get them acclimated, kind of set a direction. And then on Saturday, we usually do four or five hours and Sunday morning, four or five hours as well. Compared to weekly therapy, I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. How do people know if an intensive will help them? I do an initial hour interview to make sure that the candidate is suited for that kind of deep, long work. And also to make sure that I'm the right person. And for the record, if you don't choose to come in and see me, then you don't have to pay for that hour. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. So notice as Lori is getting the space to talk about it, now she's going a little bit deeper, right? She's talking about how she's making sense of me not engaging, that I don't want to do it, that I don't want her. These are the more vulnerable places that are underneath the anger and the criticism when I'm always kind of going away. And if I could stay engaged here, that's a very different experience. So now I might be able to say, wow, Lori, that's, again, I, I often don't, I mean, I just see you angry, but mm. no wonder why. You feel so bad if how you make sense of it is I don't want you. That makes me feel sad that you kind of go to that place where I don't want you. I'm sorry for that. I know I look angry and probably, yeah, easy defense for me to go to feeling angry. But I think inside it's, it's more, I just feel really sad. You know, like, you know, we're supposed to, it's the end of the evening you know, I want to connect. I want us to have fun. My body has already been kind of cued that way all day. And I, I've been looking forward to it. And then it's just, I just, if there's nothing there, it just feels so empty. So sad. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I didn't know you felt so sad, right? I just want to give you a hug and just be with you when you're feeling sad right now. Would that be okay? Yeah. No, my brain's a little yellow. <laughs> not trusting it. I'm not. I'm not yet ready for a hug. Well, we're going to try to. Sure, you've got it. But it's a great example of why it's so how hard it is. Do you think right now I could talk about what it's like for me and have Lori's brain be able to hear that? Oh no, 
it's it's hard enough even putting these boundaries in place to kind of keep my focus on you. There's so many times I want to talk about, I don't mean it that way. I I'm really feeling this and, you know, and anytime I do that and it takes the focus off your brain, you're probably going to get frustrated. Mm -hmm. So again, at a time we're taking turns. It's my turn. We're taking turns and it's okay not to trust. I mean, it's okay that I actually feel her, sadness and i feel sad too which is how the bridge starts to really how people get connected and when they don't normally have success doing that you're going to expect Lori to not trust it because mm -hmm. this normally doesn't happen so now my job is to again say that would make sense because i never engage in these places so no wonder why you're not sure what to do with that because if you allow your heart to take me. in that hug you're right now i'm going to validate the mistrust Right. Uh -huh. Whenever somebody's pushing away the empathetic response, the next move is to really be able to then give permission for that mistrust. That is a cool thing for Lori to not hear she's too much. She's bad because that's her fear anyway. To say your mistrust makes sense. What's that like to hear, Lori? Different than what I expected. Okay. Yeah, feels good. Like, yeah. Right. I mean, again. And I think what feels good about it is you're still with me instead of wanting to resolve this so that you and us can feel better. It's like you're still allowing me to have my own experience, my own feelings about it. So that feels really supportive. Great. That's the whole goal of this. It's that for me to understand you better. You deserve to be heard and you deserve to go to a deeper place within yourself. And I'm just helping give you the space to do that. And to do that, I have to keep my own triggers out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. So it feels like we made a little bit of progress when it feels like Lori kind of has said enough. And she just says, thank you, George, for, you know, and lets me cross back over the other side of the bridge. Okay. And then the exercise is done. Okay. Yep. Thank you for listening to me. Appreciate that. Thank you for coming into my world. Well, I appreciate getting to know you better. So thank you. And what a nice way to end the conversation. Now the next day, it's my turn, right, to talk about my world. Are we going right, to do that? What's it like for George? Yeah, we're going to do that. We got okay. five minutes for you to kind of okay. cross the bridge okay, and okay. kind of understand what it's like for me. Okay, I'm going in the mountains. Okay, ready to come to your world. All right. Well, I'd like to talk about just how hard it is for me kind of to want to have sex when there's just so much pressure. Mm. So you you feel a lot of pressure, and that makes it more difficult for you to enter the sexual moment, huh? Yes, exactly. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it feels like, like eggshells, that like any moment I'm about to get criticized that I, I waited too long or I'm doing something wrong or is there something that's going to make you unhappy with me? Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that. You've said that before that it's like walking on eggshells. So it's really fragile. You could be told you're doing something wrong and that feels really bad. So thank you. And I'm taking a deep breath now because even right now, I'm feeling like I'm going to say the wrong thing. It's somehow you're mm. going to get upset. Like I'm not saying the right questions. I'm doing this exercise wrong. That somehow I'm just I'm just going to fail. Yeah, I get that. I I I know it makes sense to me that you would have to, you know, even take a deep breath, and you're anxious that 
you're going to mess it up because this conversation between us messes up so often. And I know we don't even get to your part of what you feel because sometimes I will blow up and I'll get angry. And so I, I do appreciate so much that you're here with me trying. That feels good. Thank you. Yeah, I guess it's hard. I mean, I didn't even realize myself that when I'm feeling anxious and it's hard to access my longings that wants to have fun, that wants to kind of touch and wants to make love. Because again, I'm, I'm, I'm so focused on what could go wrong. I'm not really focused on what could go right. So when you get in that anxious place, it just shoves out all your own desires for touch and play and being together because you're afraid it's going to there's going to be pressure and you're going to do it wrong and I'm going to be upset. And, and then your brain just it sounds like Fritz is out. You don't feel anything sexual at that point. That's exactly right. And I guess even as I'm saying it out loud, I just, I want to find ways of just kind of reducing that pressure. So I, I want to have fun. I, I, I love you. I want that. I miss that. Mm. That is something I really don't see as often. And I so appreciate you saying that. It's like this conversation is so good. So as we talk right now, it seems like you're more relaxed and feel less pressure. Is that you're feeling less pressure? Yeah, I feel like you're getting me. I feel like you're understanding that I do have good reasons why I can't Mm -hmm. get so turned on. It's not that I don't want to. It's just kind of the anxiety gets in the way. Mm -hmm. Parts of you really want to be with me and then parts of you feel so anxious about it messing up between the two of us that you you can't enter the moment and you shut down yes it totally feels like you're getting me as again thank you Lori, for thank kind of coming over and it feels like you've you really helped me kind of get myself a little bit better yeah thank you for doing this exercise with me So hopefully you're getting a little bit of taste of what some structure can do to give you a better chance of having success. Like I got to a place that I normally wouldn't get to because of that negative cycle. Lori was able to keep her focus on me, which really allowed me to put words to this dilemma that the anxiety is blocking my longing. And Mm. just saying that out loud and it not leading to a fight is, is a bit of a relief that it feels like I've named the problem. Now my brain wants to go to solutions. So often, you know, partners want to go immediately to the solutions where people are defended and can't take in the advice. Advice is only attuned 10% of the time. That means 90% of the time it's misattuned. Hmm. So that was awesome. Thank you, Laurie. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that with me. So that's a good role play. I hope people can try this, especially I like the part where you said, you know, let's separate it by a day. So I cross the bridge, you cross the bridge to me first, then I cross the bridge. And I think what was great is it was a really short conversation, right? And mm-hmm. and both of us experienced kind of relaxation just in our, in our respective places and an ability to hear each other in a new way. And we didn't really solve the problem, but I think there's more closeness and connection between these two people. So, you know, problems aren't solved in a day, but that feeling of connection is what eventually allows them to get to problem solving. Awesome way to end. The goal is connection, not to solve the problem. And that's when people experience that they have success in the communication and they'll want more of it. 
And that's all we're striving for. So go forth and bridge. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Keep it hot. Call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.